The game is brought to you by Pacers Running Stores. Pacers has five stores in Northern Virginia and D.C. For the best running footwear, apparel, and gear, just stop by or schedule a virtual fitting with the best running experts in the business. Pacers Running exists to help as many people as possible through running. For every run, it's Pacers Running. Great question here by Justin. Uh, was Sam holding the ball too long because the defense was confusing him or was it because he is still trying to figure out the offense and timing with wide receivers? What's your thought on that stoner? I think it's all, it's, it's all of those. There's not one particular reason. Yeah. The answer is yes. Stoner yeah, the answer says. is yes. It's all of those. It's the defense. It's the offensive line. It's Sam holding the ball too long. It's the scheme that the enemy is putting them in. It's all of those things. Sure. I, I think that, there's a, definitely a lot of factors that go in there and we've seen it where the timing hasn't been quite there. And I mean, he's only been in this offense since Eric Benjamin has been here. Right. And he's worked with these wide receivers, but sometimes chemistry takes a little bit and we've seen him work with these wide receivers. That's the reason why he, the touchdown pass to Deami Brown against the Arizona Cardinals. Right. I would think it was Arizona Cardinals. You have to remind me of that again. That's the one he literally just threw. It might have been a preseason game. Oh, it was a preseason game. It was yeah. preseason. That's what. It wasn't against the Cardinals. It was against. It was preseason. He threw that ball before Diami even turned around. Mm-hmm. He threw he, that ball was in Diami's face with the cornerback uh, draped over Diami. Mm-hmm. And Sam knew that's where Diami was going to be and everything. And that comes from the fact that they've played so long together. So there's some of these things that... Uh, that are going to take some time, but he does hold on to the ball a little bit too long. You can see that he's trying to process. Some of these plays have been longer developing. The line hasn't been doing a great job either of giving him a clean pocket. It does on occasion. And that's where you see some good throws and then it doesn't. And that's where you see him running into trouble and getting taken down. So Wiley actually had a good rep on one of those sacks where he did what he needed to do. Sam Howell ends up stepping up and leaking out to the right and doesn't get far enough. And uh, Wiley's guy was able to disengage and get Mm -hmm. to Sam Howell. However, the very next sack, as I mentioned, four of those were back to back or eight of those sacks were back to back, I guess. Um, The very next one, Wiley just got beat bad. That was, yeah, he just, it was the, the, the so edge. Horrible. He just came yeah. off the edge. Leonard Floyd just came That's off the edge so, so fast. Yeah. yeah, no shot. Yeah. So moving on here All to right, Philadelphia. On. Yeah. Uh, big discussion this week on the brotherly shove, which, by the okay. way, I love love the name. Great name. It's better. It's better than the tush push. I hope a uh, content creator came up with that and not you know like a radio show. I mean, I don't I know. Wanna s- I want to say radio shows are still content creators, but I get your point. Well, you know what I mean. They I do want to say that it was just some random uh something in Twitter someone was just like it's called the brotherly shove and it started yeah. getting kind nice. of uh there. I love the name. Love the name. The play however is extremely frustrating because it's just so hard to defend. QB sneaks tend to be difficult to stop anyways unless you're the Giants running them three times in a row. The brotherly shove just takes it to a whole nother, another level there where they get to, to push off on that pro brotherly shove or should the NFL do something to stop that? No, I, I, I never agree with putting in rules to stop something 
that people are doing successfully. It's kind of the same way in baseball when they outlawed the shift. I never agreed with outlawing the shift. You figure it out. You figure out how to how to beat it. So if they can't, if you, if you can't beat it, that's that's on you. Don't punish the team that has created an innovative way within the rules to be successful at something. Now I hope that they come out with a rule tomorrow and say you can't do the the brotherly shove anymore. That'd be awesome. <laughs> but they're not going to. So at you least figure for it out. week four in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. How about this, Washington? You just don't give them get them in position to be third or fourth and short like that. How about how about that? How about we work on that there? And Jalen Hurts is so good at it, obviously, because he's he's just a good quarterback, but he squats like I don't know what the number is, but if you've seen his thighs and if you've seen him do squats, he squats more than a lot of defensive linemen do. Have we so have you come around on Hurts as a as a passer yet? I have not. I have not come around on him as a passer. I have come around on him a while ago. I did this. He's an excellent quarterback. I have not come around with him on a passer. It's kind of the same as uh, Lamar. It's the same as it was for Josh Allen early on. I thought he was a really good quarterback, but he was not a good passer. But no, I have not come around on him as a good passer. Downfield, he's not great. He, He can be. And he can do some things, but no, I, I've not come around on him yet. But again, he's still young too. He's only in his fourth year starting, th- third year. I feel like when in 2020 is when he played just a tiny bit against Washington at the very end. Yeah, so because he's 20 and one. So yeah, so last year was his year? first full season. Uh, he's started his second, um, first, second. Yeah, yeah, for the full for the full, full season. Yeah, so this is year three, season. I believe. Yeah. So he's still young, so he's going to get better and better at throwing the ball downfield. But I feel like a lot of his downfield throws are just jump balls, and he's got better receivers than teams have cornerbacks, and they just outfight the opposing team. But that's not saying every throw downfield is not good, but I'm just saying consistently he's not great. Allison telling us it's the third, third. full year, which as our resident Philly fan will have to uh... – Defer to her. He, he throws most of his passes behind the line of scrimmage or within a couple of yards of the line of scrimmage, which is fine. He They devised a, a scheme for him, a system that works well for him with the weapons he has, get the weapons, the ball in space, and that's what they do extremely well. And he's obviously an excellent runner as well. He's just got to get better at downfield throws. So it's interesting you should say that. Um Obviously, downfield, you're probably looking at how many yards, Stoner? Oh, well, downfield, I would say air yards, I would say 20 plus. Okay. Yeah. So, because I'm looking at his average target depth for his yeah. throws, and it yeah. might surprise you 9.2. And how, and where does that rank? Uh, I don't know where it ranks. I just, I have, happen to have, I, w- I wanted to see it. Well, and then the other question is, how do they do that? Do they do that from the line of scrimmage, or do they do that from where he throws it? I always wonder that. You know what I mean? So like, aver- the average number of yards shown thrown per pass by the quarterback, including incomplete passes, it doesn't. Yeah, and look, see, that I'm includes not. incomplete passes too. Yeah, well, it's target. That's I'm not aver- saying he doesn't throw the ball downfield. I'm saying he's not very talented at throwing he's, the it's ball. It's not downfield. his. It's not his. Uh, it's not his specialty. Fair enough. He he's excellent quarterback. Don't don't twist it. And I even said that 
last year when he went out and threw for 300 yards against Washington in the first game and they whooped us up pretty good. And I said, I wasn't impressed by Jalen hurts. I wasn't saying he wasn't successful, but he just wasn't, I wasn't impressed with his throwing down the field. He's, he's not great at it yet, but he's great at everything else, especially winning. (laughs) is a quality one here. Quick aside here, as we were talking about uh, whether or not we're going to ban it. Yeah. Uh, we got a couple other ban suggestions. Ban the gritty from Justin. Sure. Doug hitting the one that I wanted to hit here. Ban the turnover <laughs> celebrations running. I hate this one. I, Running I, into I the end zone. Every single time. You guys really need to do it every single time. <laughs> no. Stop running to the dang on end zone. It's only they, fun. Yeah, this, well, is my old, this, is, this is my old man screaming at the cloud situation here yeah get when they have lawn. that camera out at the like the fun one that's out like in the end zone past the end zone mm-hmm. fine get everyone there for like the team picture or whatnot that's yeah. out and like once every blue moon you don't need mm. to go- run across the whole field as a team and do a pose in the end zone it's the dumbest thing in the Did, world anyway. didn't they start that in the uh covid year probably I, I think they started that in the covid year allowing that and having that camera because they didn't have any fans so they had to like have some way to interact with the fans. So that's why they did that, and they just haven't banned it yet. Sorry for the quick aside. <laughs> I I, ha- I happened to see the gritty one, and then I I scrolled up and I saw the one I would like banned. Yeah, that that'd be great. Um, back so Jalen Hurts, you're coming right. around on him as a, as a QB, hundred percent. Philadelphia showing this year, I think that they are they were not a one year wonder there, mm-hmm. uh, and probably one of the best teams in the NFL and quite possibly at least no less than the second best team in the NFC. Okay. Yeah. I totally agree with that. No worse than no worse than no worse than the second best team. Sure. That's pretty lofty here. Washington starting Mm. off the week at eight and a half point dogs stoner. Yeah. We know you want them to run the ball, but Philadelphia is the hardest team to run against. Number one. I am sitting Brian Robinson on my fantasy team. (laughs) That's smart. They're number one against the run. They're only giving up 48 yards a game so far through three games. I mean, that's, that's sick. Last year, this is Washington. Again, they should have given us, given Washington half a, uh, NFC championship ring. Because we wrote the book on how you beat Philadelphia last year. Just run right up the middle. In that game, we ran 50, 48 times, something close to that. It was ridiculous. That. It was uh, so actually, bad that they went down. out and they got uh, they got Ndamukong Sue and mm-hmm. who else? They signed uh, another Bell one. Joseph. Lin- yeah. Right after the game, they're like, right. yeah, we. this is bad. This is like very, very bad. And that was the game that that I think that was the last game that Jordan Davis did not play because I, I don't even remember. Maybe he was hurt, but he was their number one draft pick, uh, 13th overall, something like that, out of Georgia. I mean, this dude's 6'6", 335. He's a, he's a, he's a very, very massive. talented young man. I might, I might be getting Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter mixed up i do mix them up all the time i just know they drafted defensive tackles in the first round out of georgia two years in a row and now they're there Mm -hmm. now they're playing together on the line and i don't know how you're you're expected to run against them and i I just spent 
45 minutes preaching about run the ball, <laughs> run the damn ball. And now I'm saying don't run the ball against Philadelphia because you well, can't. You're going to have to try, right? You're going to have to try. Teams have so. tried, and Philadelphia is 3-0 and of these three teams that have tried and have been unsuccessful. I will say that this year, while I do think that Philadelphia, like I said, is no worse than the second-best team in the NFC, they're playing games a lot closer than you would expect. Sure. They're not dominating teams. They haven't the way, hit on all cylinders yet. Yeah, and so I – I think Washington might be getting them at the right time. I don't know that yeah. Washington's capable of pulling this off, but at least Washington's getting them at the right time here. We got a, a super chat. Thanks for James here. $10 super chat. Thank you for calling out Chase Young and EB's play calling, knowing you would be attacked by the shills and clowns. Hey, we call it like it is here on Ref the District. We feel like we're responsible for uh, holding the teams accountable, right, Stoner? That's right. That's how we even got started in this whole game that we call Ref the District. We That's exactly what we want to do. We want to hold teams accountable by refereeing what they're doing. So, yeah, we'll, we'll call them out. It doesn't mean we don't love Chase Young, that we don't love EB, Sam Howell, et cetera, et cetera. We, we just we, we call it like we see it. We're not blind homers. That's 100%. But appreciate you, James, for that. Uh, I think he hit us up. I don't remember if he hit us up on – Twitter or on the on our YouTube. I want to say it was the YouTube comment section of our instant reaction. I'm honest. Yeah, 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 yeah. Again, so, appreciate, appreciate the ten dollars. Um. So actually, it, in that regards, there, let's talk about this. We talked about Philadelphia's defense being hard to run against. We were talk. We've talked extensively about running or passing the ball, and we're saying it's going to be hard to run against them. Right. So play calling is going to lend itself to more of a passing game and putting Sam potentially under some pressure there. But how mm-hmm. about the defensive side of the ball? They held up fairly decent through four quarters, three and a half quarters against mm-hmm. uh, the Buffalo Bills, holding the 16 points before the wheels fell off, even 23 points. I'd said that they were guaranteed to score 24. Yeah. So 23 points through – three and a half quarters, not too bad for this yeah. defense against the Buffalo Bills. Not terrible. Will this defense be able to uh, repeat that kind of level of performance against the Philadelphia Eagles? Wow, man, that's that's a good question. Philadelphia is not they're, – they're not scary yet offensively. I mean, they're sixth overall on offense. So this is they're, – they're pretty balanced – uh, they run the ball extremely well. We know that DeAndre Swift is finally becoming that player that that the league thought he was be. Apparently, Detroit gave up on him maybe a little too early. Uh, but throwing the ball, they're 23rd throwing the ball. And that's kind of what we go back to with Jalen Hurts. He's not necessarily great throwing the ball right now. Last week, we come to find out he was sick. He had flu-like symptoms, and maybe that's what caused a little bit of his poor play. So we might be getting them at the wrong time, Nathan. You said we might be catching them at the right time. We might be getting them at the wrong time to where they're now going to start clicking on all cylinders offensively because they're running the heck out of the ball uh, all over the place. And as I think Gus just said, he said their only scary player is, which I don't agree with, is Devontae Smith. Well, Devontae and A.J. Brown and 
you've still got Dallas Goddard over there as a tight end. That's a scary offensive team to me, even though they're not necessarily lighting it up, throwing the ball. Yeah, Goddard has been a very big disappointment for my fantasy for team. Fantasy so team. yeah, he's probably going to blow up this game against Washington because yeah. one of the problems on this defensive, this defensive side of the ball is Cody Bart. Not, not he. That's that's the sniff test. That's the eyeball test. That's the PFF scores. <laughs> All of it. That's everything showing yeah. that that. Cody Barton right now is not doing well. How much of a hindrance is he going to be here with another mobile quarterback? Yeah. And Dallas Garter being a quality tight end. Now, for what it's worth, Washington's not really giving up too much against tight ends this year. Right. Uh, three games in, mind you. But, you know, you still have to deal with that mobile quarterback. We saw that being a problem with um, Josh Allen just mm-hmm. last week. Man, it's so tough to figure out how you're going to defend it. What they decided to do, at least it looked that way while watching the game against Josh Allen, is they decided to not attack Josh Allen and try to keep him in the pocket and make him beat the defense downfield. Well, that's exactly what Josh Allen did. And I think they have to come up, they have to do the same thing with Jalen Hurts. They they can't be ultra aggressive against him. They've got to stay in their lanes rushing and keep him in that pocket and make him throw the ball downfield. Cody Barton, being the middle linebacker, being the green dot, he's the guy that communicates the entire defense. He plays such an important role, even though physically he lacks what you need uh, to be effective defensively from the linebacker spot. So, Jamin Davis. This game is going to be on Jamin Davis. Who had a good game against the Bills. They they he's didn't, actually had a good season so far. He has he actually really has. They didn't use a spy against Josh Allen. I saw a couple of times Cam Curl did a little bit, mm-hmm. but they didn't really use a spy. I'd like to see them use a spy on Jalen Hurts, and I'd just like to see that to be Jamin Davis. Take your chances with Cody Barton covering the tight end, or bring Cam Curl up to to get the tight end, which he does quite often in the Buffalo nickel um, alignment, and. Those defensive linemen have got to stay in their lanes. They cannot let Jalen Hurts get outside the pocket. They they yeah. can't do it. He's going to kill them if they let him out. If he gets away up the middle, God bless him, he, he defeated your plan, but just don't let him get outside. I don't mean, we saw Jamin Davis's side-to-side speed there when he was able to mm-hmm. take down Russell Wilson in week two, so... Oh, hopefully they're going to be able to contain him there. I want to address Luke's comment here. Uh, they mm. haven't needed to throw the ball with Swift running the ball so well. That's partially true, and this is That's why fair. I don't. That's this fair. is why I don't like bulk stats as much as I like drive type stats and because mm-hmm. an efficiency stats like EPA are are great ones at this because you yeah you might have the number one rushing offense which is why you're passing one or you're you've been blowing teams out 70 to 20 and you don't necessarily need to pass Mm. the ball when you're up that way right so you don't have Mm. the lofty uh passing stats that are there so efficiency stats are are where i tend to like and that philadelphia is below average on efficiency Mm. so when it comes to passing now they are above average uh when it comes to rushing so it's just something to to think about. 
when it comes to that. It's it's not necessarily don't. This is why you don't really want to watch the box score, and you need sure. to watch it. You need to watch the uh, the game unfold, and you need to you know really see it for yourself because box scores can be very very misleading. Uh, I mean, I think Steve from Command This had brought up Sam Howe only missed. If you look at his pass, uh, his his passes thrown and completion, yeah, I think he only missed ten passes against the Bills. Then he also had four interceptions. So, so yeah, it's like, we they only don't look count at those. Yeah, they, they don't count those. They don't so, count those because they weren't missed because they were yeah. right to the uh, defender. <laughs> yeah. Somebody caught him. Yeah, somebody caught him. Yeah, and and I think also what's noteworthy is we don't talk about it enough is the play of Kendall Fuller. Kendall Fuller this season really good is been very good against Buffalo. He allowed 0.00 uh, QB rating. He only had one completion in front of him for like two yards, I believe in the entire game. Kendall Fuller has been playing really well. He's going to have to play well again this week because uh, AJ Brown and Devonte Smith, I call him Devonte Smith Pelly. Uh, they are excellent, excellent receiver. Quez Watkins is no slouch either, and, and that's their third guy. Yeah. They've got so much weapons, and it's just going to be about can Jalen Hurts exploit this defense effectively with those weapons? And if he just, we're going to get frustrated because he's going to be dumping off these short ones. He's going to throw these quick outs across the middle. I know you gave that stat about air yards, but he just doesn't throw the ball effectively down the field very well. So you're going to have to count on that. You're going to have to count on that. But, I, I mean, it's a tough task. They they were in the Super Bowl for a reason last year. Yeah, third There's a reason team. he's 21. Is it 21 and 1 or 20 and 1? He's 20 and 1, I believe. Maybe yeah, it's it, now 21 and 1. Yeah, I can't remember winning. Right. I want to say he they won Monday night, so that makes it twenty one and one. Yeah, it's twenty one. That kept getting pushed around. He's twenty and one. He's twenty and one. So I think yeah. it was twenty twenty one and one. There's a reason for that. That offensive line is fantastic. The holes that DeAndre Swift had to run through, I could have ran through those holes. Might have taken me a step, maybe a step and a half later than DeAndre Swift. I've still got a few wheels left, uh, but yeah, that offensive line is fantastic. So. Washington's got their work cut out for them. Again, they're they're they were in the Super Bowl last year for a reason. They did not fluke their way to the Super Bowl. No, they're they're very very solid team there. I was trying to see if I could bring up the quickly, anyways, the last three games against uh, against the Philadelphia Eagles for Washington, as they are two and one in the over in the last three over uh, over Philadelphia. It's going to take something big for Washington to overcome this. I don't think it's going to be nearly a blowout. I think eight and a half points is a little too much for to give Philadelphia. But, I mean, after coming off of this loss against Buffalo, I can see yeah. why there's some doubts, especially when Sam Howell's taking as many sacks as he is. Without getting too far into the game prediction, Stoner, Yeah, what do you expect and how many – you know, how many sacks is, is uh, Sam Howe going to find himself, you know, taking this game? And how is Eric Bieniemy going to help Sam Howe out this game? I think you're going to see something different. I think you're going to see, finally, 
that Eric Bieniemy is going to make some adjustments. He sees this three-game trend, sacks, um, not running the ball enough, the and he's going to make the necessary adjustments, and he's going to have more quick throws, more moving the pocket, uh, more running, more screens over and over, and keep the ball out of Philadelphia's hands as much as you can. So that's the key for Washington to offset that defense and any defense at this point against Washington. Uh, they seem to just be able to tee off on, on Sam Howell. He's got to adjust. If he doesn't adjust this game, then I'm going to start losing faith in him because it's now a three-game three trend. It's mm-hmm. not this past game, oh, all of a sudden he got sacked a lot. He's on pace for 107 sacks, which is obviously a massive record. Uh, yeah. to David Carr, seven crushes, crushes that. Right. So it's not, it's, gotta it's, make it's not even one of these situations where you're like, well, he's played one more game. No, no, no. He didn't get sacked 20 plus times in one game. Mm-hmm. That's how bad it is. Uh, Washington without Logan Thomas against the Buffalo Bills. I personally don't really think that was that big of a deal. I thought Cole Turner did pretty well. I Logan Thomas back at practice today. Uh, do you think we'll see Logan Thomas back on the field against Philadelphia? No, I don't think so. I think they'll probably give him another week. Uh, I mean, he was at practice, but he wasn't even allowed to wear a helmet today. So he was out there, but just doing drills and such. So I think it's still going to be a little bit for Logan. He's proven to be a little bit of a, a slow healer. So let's just get him back I mean, to the, 100%. He's in his 30s, and as a right, fellow 30-plus-year-old, exactly. I can <laughs> – Respect how long it takes to heal up from uh, from some. But things. Cole Turner, Cole Turner was very good in this game, both receiving and blocking. And on tomorrow's Daily Commanders uh, update, I'm going to break down each of Brian Robinson's ten runs, especially the successful ones, and I'm going to show you a little bit of what Cole Turner was doing. He was blocking extremely well on those run plays, which has been his weakness. He's he's done pretty good. So make sure you look out for that tomorrow on uh, the Daily Commander's Update. Do a little impromptu film session of B-Rob's 10 runs. That's going to be fantastic. Brian Robinson's going to have to have a very successful day, obviously having a very great day on just 10 rushes. He's not getting nearly as many snaps as Antonio Gibson. Now, part of that's by design when they're so pass-happy, and Antonio Gibson is by far the better pass blocker, as we saw on that failed fourth down, trying to go for goal. Mm-hmm. And Brian Robinson just got blown up. Yep, absolutely. Which is surprising that that Gibson is a better pass blocker at this point than I mean Gibson, they're the same size. Yeah. People think Gibson is a little smaller than B Rob. He's not. He's the same size as Brian Robinson. But yeah, he's uh it's a little bit better pass blocker. Well, I think part of it is where both of them kind of excel, right? So Brian Robinson is more of a pure runner. Antonio Gibson's more of a pass catcher with his wide receiver background. Mm-hmm. And so he's used to kind of being in that role and he's kind of wanted to carve that role out, the J.D. McKissick role, as he referred to it earlier this season. Mm-hmm. These running backs are, we mentioned, going to have some tough sledding against this Philadelphia defense. Does the trend continue with Antonio Gibson out snapping Brian Robinson essentially two to one? I sure hope not. 
I sure <laughs> hope. Again, he's got to make he's got to make ad- adjustments offensively. Eric Bieniemy does. He can't just look at that and say I'm happy with the way things have been going offensively. I've got to change it. I've got to do some things differently. Why you think Brian Robinson only deserves 10 touches in a game is beyond 20 me. snaps is how many snaps he had, right? 20 snaps, 20 yeah. snaps, the entire game for Brian Robinson, who is your most effective offensive player last week. That doesn't make sense. He's EB looks at this stuff. Ron looks at this stuff. They all look at it and they, they'll see the trends now after three games and start making adjustments. Well, the uh, Gus bus failed to remind me of his ludicrous statement earlier. Uh, they did have some discussion there in there. Gus is saying, you know, this game is going to be a wash for the commanders. Oh, yeah. Okay. So Gus yeah. says, just sit all the starters. Yeah. Bring in the backups, move on, keep them well rested for Chicago, which you know is a winnable game. What do you have to say to Gus and those who agreed with him? There, there's a couple people in the chat, I think, who agreed with them. Gus, yeah, we love you. We do have a way of putting you in timeout, and I'm not afraid to use it because that is a statement that's worthy of a five minute timeout. It, it, uh, the the behind the scenes stuff here is Gus is saying NBA manages players and their playing time. Why can't the Commanders be ahead of the curve in the NFL and start doing that a little bit? And he, the NBA plays 82 Gus games, not all the starters. The, the NBA plays 82 games. There are a few games through the course of the year that not important whether you win or lose. NFL, every single week is important. There's only 17 games that these guys play. One yeah, loss the, could be the difference between getting in the gets, playoffs and not. It gets kind of hyper-focused there at the end because those games you know, feel and that playoff push a little bit more important. But, I mean, you could look at last season where Washington had four or five tries to essentially secure a playoff spot. Yeah. They were they were gifted multiple redos and failed at every opportunity to end up in the playoffs. And one so, game last year, they would one have been change, in the playoffs. One game, Tennessee, one game. right, where Carson Wentz throws that interception in the end zone. If they score there instead yeah. of throwing the interception, that, in that, the that you're in the playoffs. If you don't tie the Giants and you beat them, you're in the playoffs. We and we're not forgetting there's a short turnaround for Chicago, but that's you have that every season. Yeah, and every team does. Yeah, every Every team team has has a Thursday game. So this is probably more likely what's going to happen is what Allison's saying is rotating players more, and I think that's probably a little bit more realistic. Oh, good. Get Brian Robinson less snaps. (laughs) <laughs> that sounds that sounds great. Give so we talked players less snaps. We we've talked extensively with the run run pass option, but we didn't talk about it in necessarily too too much run run pass for this Ratio. offense. Yes. Uh Sam Howe on the mic today saying the player I was Sunday is not who I am. I go back to my process, never losing that confidence. In this league, you have to stay confident. Al also said ever since the game ended, he was excited about this one just to get a chance to play again. That's John Kime uh, reporting on that one. 100% agree with that. I'm excited as a fan. I'm excited to see how they respond 
to this game to see how they prepare. To, you know, we talked about it at the end of the game. Maybe it was our instant reaction on Sunday is that this team is full of veteran leaders, Terry McLaurin's, the John Allen's, uh, the Jeremy Reeves, guys like that, the Tressway even. They are full of professionals that are going to come in this week and are going to put in the work and be pissed off about that game, and they're going to have a good response. I'm not saying they're definitely going to win, but they're not going to get blown out like they did against Buffalo. No way. So I do think it's I do think it's going to be a stronger game for Washington and I think it's going to be a very exciting on the offensive line side of this. So the team what I've appreciated so far from what I'm hearing is there's a lot of self accountability. Mm-hmm. What every everybody is talking right now of what can I do better to improve the team and that is a great great mentality to have. And so Jerry here uh pointing out what Jerry thinks are the weakest links, left tackle and left guard. Each of them have their issues by, by and by and large. But if you're looking at the offensive line, right tackles far more of a need than left tackle. Charles Leno has been serviceable. I, I, I get, he's not, he's not Trent Williams. He's not part of the hogs unit. He's not elite by any means, mm-hmm. but he's been a very serviceable left tackle. Sam Cosme has been just electric at right. Uh, guard Wiley's been deficient at right tackle. He's been bad. Charles. Charles has his moments at left guard. He's also got his bad moments at left guard. And Nick Gates at center. I kind of, I kind of miss a guy who can't even chase Rulia, who can't even be in the on the field ninety percent of the time. Yeah, and Nick Gates, he's he's a he's got a mean streak to him. He will defend you at, at at a moment's notice. He's that kind of a guy, but he's just not super skilled as a center, as an offensive lineman. So they have to work together. They have to do better. They just have to figure it out because there's, you know, uh, Trent Williams is not walking through that door. You're not going out and trading for some all pro left tackle. It just, it doesn't happen. This is what they got, and you've got to figure out a way. And I've said it over and over and over again. I said it when they signed these guys way back then. EB's got to figure out a way to scheme so that you don't have that glaring problem. Time You just can't have Sam going back and having these deep drops all the time. You know that offensive line is deficient. So scheme around it. So as far as that scheme's concerned, then Stoner, what are what are you expecting from Eric Bienemy this game against Philadelphia? Yeah, I'm just expecting a lot of short passes, more screen passes, rolling out, rolling Sam out a little bit, getting him out of that pocket so he's just not a sitting duck over there. Um, more run plays, maybe some um some read options, because maybe Sam will run a little bit more. So I just I just expect to see a lot different game plan because all I've all I saw last week and really the first three games is I saw the same thing we saw last year with Scott Turner. I just saw a lot of deep drops waiting for guys to get open and a quarterback who couldn't get it there. Last year he couldn't get it there because he didn't have the arm strength. This year the quarterback can't get it there because he's not processing fast enough or whatever it is or they're not whatever. 
It's just too many deep drops. So the enemy's got to change it up. He has to, especially against his defense. Yep. Does have to. Uh, Allison bringing up Nick Gates is an enforcer. That's what he is. Absolutely. He is. I love that. You know how, you know why you call him an enforcer? Because he's not a skilled player. So you have to give him like a different role. Enforcers in the NHL are I was not about to say that players. right. Yeah. Your enforcers tend to be like you have a line shift specifically for these guys to come in <laughs> right. and just beat the bricks off of somebody. <laughs> uh and, and Nick Gates is that I love that's why I gave him my uh go go a few weeks ago when uh Logan Thomas got racked, right? Oh yeah. Nick Gates was the one who went in there and was pushing around guys. So they're like, you're you're not gonna mess with them. And I love that yep. mentality. I do wish that he'd pick up the obvious stunts that are done right in front of him. Right, right. Or block uh, the guy right in front of him. Hey, maybe, maybe <laughs> he's going to have a couple of big ones to block this, uh, this week against Philadelphia. Let's go ahead and make our predictions, game predictions, uh, the final score predictions. We'll, we'll do more of our game predictions in week four predictions here for the cooldown. Let's get those. Uh, let's get those end of uh, game scores in the comment section. Of course, if you're listening to this on the audio, you can always hit us up at Ref the District and uh, let us know your score there as well. Stoner, what do you got? Yep. All right, mine's pretty simple. Washington. Let's go. Let's start with Philadelphia. Philadelphia is averaging scoring 28 points a game. Washington's defense is averaging giving up 28.7. So. Philadelphia is going to score 28 points, right? Washington's offense is averaging scoring 19.3 points per that game. That sounds familiar, Stoner. Yeah, it does. The Eagles defense is averaging, giving up 19.7 points per game. Washington's going to score 19 points. The score will be Philadelphia 28, Washington 19. The odds may ever be in his favor He's picking Philadelphia there. Allison going with the, her birds as well. 30 to 8. Uh, Mike 30 Lee. to 8. Get out of yeah. here with that, Allison. 30 to 8. 21 to 10, Philadelphia from Mike. Good to see you in here, Mike. Jerry, 47 to 17. If you do not, if you're, in for, if you're new here to Ref the District, if you do not put the team, we will always assume you mean Washington. That's right. And I will take a 47 to 17 victory there, Jerry, for uh, their uh, Redskin 007, 27 to 17. TJ with the 24, 23 Washington. Uh, A couple Washingtons in there. Uh, Gus Bus, if we sit how McLaurin, Fuller, and Allen on the NBA rest cycle, then Philadelphia 34, Washington 13. If we play everyone, then Philadelphia 27, Washington 17. What's different? So, a little bit. 21 to 10. Uh-huh. Good guy, says Uptown Dre. Kim taking 27 to 20, Washington. A lot of Washington hopefuls here. Mm. And mm-hmm. I do think this is going to be a closer game than what most people predict. Now, I think they would cover, right? Would they cover? Not, they not c- by my scenario. 20 because yours is 28 to 19. 28 19. Yeah. So this is nine points. 27 and a half. Yeah. So Washington would not cover. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah Philly would that. cover. Philly would Philly would cover. Yeah. I I, I think it's gonna be closer than that. I think it's All gonna right. be I am gonna take Philadelphia. Mm. I'm gonna say 26 to oh man that we'll do we'll do that we'll do 18 26 to 18 
That's basically that they, what I had. That way they barely, you they cover. barely cover. That, that way they yeah. barely cover there. Yeah, Allison, I believe at least a day and a half ago, two days ago, the spread was eight and a half. I actually had it up here. I can actually bring it back. Um, but, 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 that sounds about right. Moved. Eight and a half. That's, that's it what was. I don't know if it's moved much. It is now eight. The line's eight now. Oh, okay. So, so eight that yours is not a well, I guess yours is a cover. Yeah. Well, no, a yours is a push. Yeah. It's a push. Philadelphia 31 to 24 from Luke. How's showing something? And I'll go 35 to 31 Washington. Mm. Ooh, how shows up. Yeah, Mike, it, it's hard. It's hard after the butt whooping Washington got last week against the Bills to not be a realist, right? Mm. Mike saying uh, I'm a homer, not but I'm also a realist. Yeah, it's it's a little rough, but hey, we need to put those realist thoughts behind us because we are headed to the cool down and we need those bold predictions. Get those dollar dollars ready here, folks, as we head into the cool down. As I'm looking for the right, there we go. <laughs> 